Jay Farner here, CEO of Rocket Mortgage. Making the right financial decisions has never been more important. When you turn to Rocket Mortgage, we can help guide you to those right decisions now when they matter most. Mortgage rates are near historic lows, so now is a great time to call 8338-ROCKET. And if you need some extra money, a cash-out refinance could give you that financial boost you're looking for. Call today at 8338-ROCKET or go to rocketmortgage.com to learn more. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender. License in all 50 states. And MLS number 3030. Next Talk contains content of a mature nature. Parental guidance is advised. Welcome to Next Talk Radio with Mandy and Kim on AM630, The Word. Mandy is the author of Talk, and Kim is the director of Next Talk, a nonprofit organization helping parents cyber parent through open communication. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Find our video series and subscribe to our weekly podcast at nexttalk.org. Are you ready for the Next Talk? Today, we're talking about preparing your kids for the real world, like sending them out, launching them. Anyway, we have an amazing young woman with us today, Hadley Bristol. She is 22, young, beautiful, fun, smart, and the daughter of one of our team members for Next Talk. And she is going to talk to us a little bit about what she feels her parents did right to launch her into adulthood. Yes. But tell us about yourself. Well, hello. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yes, I am Hadley Bristol, um, 22 from San Antonio, Texas. Mm-hmm. Um, I just graduated from Baylor um, with a major in religion. And um, yeah, I get to talk today about all the things my parents did right. Which we, we were going to say, what did they do wrong? But Really? We, we had a good laugh about that. We <laughs> sat down and my dad's like, you want to talk about all the things we did right? <laughs> <laughs> it would be easier to do the wrong sometimes, right? But yeah, that was kind of a um, disclaimer. Just uh, when I was talking with my mom, she goes, you know, I think I did a really good job raising you. But she's like, we're human. We did a lot of things wrong. We did a lot yeah. of things um, that we would have done better if we had known. Um, so, yeah. But Hindsight is always twenty yes. twenty. Always. I right? mean, I'm in the middle of it, raising my kids. And I look back what I did three years ago. And I'm like, oh, I should have handled that better. You know, <laughs> like we're constantly learning. Always trying to do our best. So what do you have going on next? You just graduated Baylor because I think this is kind of cool. Yes. So I – God has been so good. He – told me, uh, I want you to go to seminary. He told me that about uh, two years ago. And I was like, what? And at the I time, I was trying to go to law school. I remember praying for you. And I was just kind of taken aback. And I was like, okay. And a lot of other stuff happened in my life. And it was just made really, really clear by God and, and through prayer that like I was supposed to go to seminary. And um, I started applying and I got accepted to Vanderbilt Divinity School and Amazing. with a really great scholarship. And it was just like, my parents were like, okay. Well. It's kind of like an open door, <laughs> yeah. right? Like, it was, yeah, it was made so clear and so evident. And it was just like, this is where I'm supposed to go. This is what I'm supposed to do. And I had never been to Nashville before. I just accepted the offer and was like, mm-hmm. okay, I hope I like it. <laughs> Nashville's cool. I used to live three hours from Nashville, so we would do mm-hmm. a lot of weekend trips there. And it's just, I'm it so excited for you. Oh, me too. I'm excited for myself. I'm just, <laughs> it's, it's just God is so good because that is, this is not what I saw myself doing. And I'm just feel so comfortable with it, but also so 
excited to to learn more and, and do new things. You know what? I feel like that's what obedience feels like. Mm-hmm. I, you're like uncertain, but you're at peace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I actually wrote something on like an Instagram post and I said, in kind of a prose, I said, I feel like I'm an artifact of God's obedience because mm-hmm. like after everything of going through all this crazy stuff and I came out the end of it with this this opportunity to go to one of the best schools in the country yeah. and get my master's and further my education because I was obedient and because I listened to him. Mm-hmm. So pretty cool. He blesses his people. Well, we're he excited sure for you. Thank you. Okay. So let's just dive right in because I mean, we got parents out there that are like, I want to equip my kid. Like I want my kid to be like Hadley, graduate <laughs> from college, want to get more education, mm-hmm. be grounded like you are. And so what, how did you get here? Like, what did your parents do right? Just kind of getting into, like, how I grew up and stuff. I was really blessed to have, like, two parents who loved me Mm -hmm. and who wanted me. Mm. Like, they waited for a long time before they were married to decide to have me. And they always told me that growing up, and it didn't really mean a lot to me as a little kid. But now that I have friends who were accidents or or things like that. And they joke about it. I'm like, that is so sad. Like, I was always told growing up how much I was wanted, you know? Oh, interesting. So, so kids have been told by their parents you were an accident. You were an accident. I was surprised. Like a joke. And yeah. I'm like, oh, <laughs> so sad. But I know I was, we grew up a uh, military family, so we moved a lot. Um, my dad uh, flew for the Air Force for 25 years. So that was kind of non-standard because we did move a lot. Um, I was born abroad and then, um, you know, my dad was deployed multiple times for really extended amounts Mm. of time in war zones doing really scary things that were a lot of the times classified. So he couldn't tell us what he was doing. We just knew he was somewhere in the Middle East Doing, doing scary things. scary things. Wow. And my mom, you know, is an incredibly, y'all know her. She's an incredibly yes. strong woman. Yeah. She can just take charge of any room anywhere. And she um, had to do a lot of single parenting because, because of that. Because my dad sure. would be deployed. And she moved us from, we were stationed in Germany, and she moved us to um, San Antonio, On her own. We were here for 18 months without my dad. New city, didn't know anyone, had to like move into a home and everything. And she she did that all with a sixth grader and a second grader. So that sounds overwhelming to me. Yeah. Like and exhausting. Right. Right. Yeah. But I I feel like maybe in hindsight, it's made you a great person because you aren't as scared to travel. Mm-mm, you, no. I mean, you, you don't mind moving to a different town that you've never no. been to, you Just know, like done it before. Yeah. I mean, you've learned these skills mm-hmm. of picking up and moving and meeting new friends and being able to do that. And that's, that's a great life skill to have, you know? Yeah. I think too, what, um, what I take away from just the beginning of your story is so often parents think, well, you know, I'm a single parent, so I'm not going to be able to raise my kids like someone who had a mom and a dad. Or, you know, we travel a lot and yeah. we're not connected in the community or, 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 or. And I think this kind of makes the point that you are very close with your parents. Yes. And yes. despite the changes in the non-traditional family and the mm-hmm. moving and the having to be flexible, 
it was the relationship that was the core of what made you who you are. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so all those external things that all of us stress about and worry about, like, well, my life's different than theirs, and I'm not going to be able to have, you know, this successful parenting journey. Really, it comes back to the relationship, no matter what's going on on the outside. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I am so close to my little sister. Mm-hmm. She's four years younger than me, but she's like one of my best friends in the whole yeah. world. And yeah. I'm super duper close to my mom because all we had for a long period of time was just, you know, the three of us. Three amigos. And we'd get annoyed with each other and we would fight with each other and we would just, you know. But at the end of the day, you know. You got each other's back. Yeah, abs- absolutely. And you were just saying, you know, we didn't really have a community. And we were, we were uh, where we live now, we're 40 minutes away from the nearest uh, Air Force Base. It's like a drive. So we were wow. far away from that community, too. Wow. So we were just in our little bubble, like, all right, buckle up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. Now, we know your mama. And she's talked a lot about, you know, raising you guys and what was important. And one of the things that you have mentioned is that questions were always welcomed in your home. Yes. Tell us what you mean by that. Well, it's everything from really silly things because um, my little sister, as you all know, is just a very loud, extroverted, (laughs) rambunctious, wonderful human being. You know she's in the room. (laughs) (laughs) You do. You do. But even from like a young age, she was like that. And she would ask my mom questions like, Mom. What does God's mom make him for dinner? Does Jesus's mom make him mac and cheese? <laughs> Just like these questions. So every and my mom would be like, "Well, sweetheart," and she would try her best to to answer things, everything from things like that to to questions like, you know, when you're in third, fourth grade, they start talking to you in elementary school about drugs. Mm-hmm. I have found my kids test me. Mm-hmm. With little questions like, you know, does Jesus like Fruit Loops? And <laughs> exactly. if I answer their little questions, then they come to me with the big things. Yeah. It's like they want to see if you'll answer the small things. And it sounds like she, both your parents, um, really were open to answering any question mm-hmm. and having any discussion and planting those seeds at a young age about safety and you have a safe place with them mm-hmm. and that you are wanted and that you are loved. So when the big things came, you knew where to go. Right. And it wasn't like in a cheesy way, like, well, sweetheart, you know, this could it was in a yeah. very like I knew it was important and I knew that I needed to pay attention. And clearly it meant something because I remember it, you know, yes. now. Yes. And speaking about, you know, open conversations and being able to ask about anything or talk about anything, um, I'm sure as you got a little bit older and the drug conversation transitioned into boys mm-hmm. and relationships. How was that handled in your home? Because I think that's a big one for parents. Oh, my – I am so much more introverted than everyone in my family. <laughs> so, and you know, my mom and my sister, they're both just so extroverted. And um, But they were always really good about being like, you know, you don't have to be embarrassed if you like a boy from like age seven. You know, because that's normal when you're sure. in elementary school to have really innocent, just like – Oh my gosh, so and so is so cute with his, you know, spiky hair, whatever it is you think is cute when you're seven. Um, but my mom was always like, it's okay. You know, you don't have to be embarrassed about this sort of thing. And she'd always encourage, like, you know, you can tell me or uh, you can tell me if you think you have a crush on him or something. Mm-hmm. You know, it was never this weird thing and it was never, ever condemned, like, Made, you're too young. Yeah, or, or it's, it's like you're you're seven. You're a little girl. It's a it's okay. It's normal. Yes. It's natural that you it's feel normal. this way. It's not a bad thing. And then that carried on through, you know, 
um, through middle school and, and, and high school. And my parents were always very encouraging, like, you know, dating is healthy. Dating is normal once you get to the right age. I mean, they weren't like I was 11. So, yeah. you, know, yeah. you know, dating is healthy. Yeah. Yeah. Get out there. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. Um, they were definitely like it was like high school because I didn't start dating until, uh, geez, I was like 17, 18. I was definitely like mm-hmm. a lot later. Um, but they were always like, no, this is good. This is healthy. And they had, um, you know, my high school boyfriend, they had him over for dinner and he was like part of the family. And my sister hung out with us and I was over at his house and I knew his family. And it was this very like healthy thing. It wasn't this threatening, like, if you ever touch my daughter, you yes, know, my yes. parents trusted, you know, that I was going to date someone who was a good person and worth my time. And like I said, you know, by that point I was 17 18 I was almost an adult so Mm -hmm. um yeah they just trusted my judgment and they got to know this person and they got to you know view him as you know kind of a part of the family and so it was never this uncomfy weird situation I felt really comfortable telling my parents if we were having you know an argument or something or anything like that so if you're just now tuning in, this is Next Talk Radio at 2 p.m. on AM 630, The Word. Next Talk Radio is sponsored in part by the PAX Financial Group and listeners just like you. Everything we do at our nonprofit to keep kids safe online is accomplished through your donations. To support our organization, go to nexttalk.org and click on Give. There's big news if you are an investment client of USAA. Just recently, USAA announced that a Cleveland, Ohio corporation has entered into an agreement to purchase USAA Asset Management. They have always been an exceptional organization and will continue to serve our community well. But if you are considering a change, this might be the right time to look at San Antonio's PAX Financial Group. 210-881-5700, paxfinancialgroup.com. Investment advisory services offered through PAX Financial Group. We have Hadley Bristol in the studio today. She is a 22-year-old college student getting ready to get her Master's of Divinity. Yes. Wow, that blows my mind. Me too. So awesome. Exciting. She's a graduate of Baylor University for all you Baylor fans out there. Ooh, sick of- <laughs> and we are talking about real world prep, like what her parents did right. Um, and we've covered like her background and her family's background. And I loved how she said, you know, from a very little age, um, questions could be answered. It was an open communication type of environment. And we just kind of went into this dating aspect. And I kind of want to go back to that and camp out for a minute here. Because you said, you know, from early on, it was okay. It was natural that you had crushes. And then as you got older, you know, your parents were like part of the process, Mm -hmm. like getting to know your boyfriend and inviting him over. And um, and I know I've heard your mom say before, you know, um, I I wanted her to practice under my roof before she went off to college, you know, yeah. with this whole dating thing. And I think that's such great advice. Um, but walk us through that a little bit more about the dating thing. I know one thing that I, um, you know, cover in my book is 
the purity ring. And I, I think I want to talk about the purity mm-hmm. thing a little bit. You know, so many times, sometimes we're like, here's a purity ring. And then we never talk to our kids about sex or we never yeah. talk to our kids about what that actually even means, mm-hmm. you know. And I mean, I don't want to condemn the purity ring. If that's your thing, then, yeah. you know, do the thing. But the conversations need to be there as well. Exactly. The life lessons need to be there. And I mean, tell us a little bit, like, what what do you think about that? Yeah, so um, I have plenty of friends who, who wear purity rings, and that's something really important um, to them. But I, I really don't think you can give an, an 11-year-old, a 12-year-old a purity ring who's never dated, never been in a relationship, who might biologically understand how sex works. But if they've never been had a really big crush on a boy or been on a date, they're probably not going to understand the full significance of a purity ring. And what my mom's when I was talking to my mom yesterday, and she said, um, you can't teach purity unless you've experienced lust. Yeah. And I remember... That's a really good point. And I was like, whew, because I remember when I first, you know, when my parents sat me down and explained to me what sex was and how it worked and everything, I was like gross mm, yes <laughs> i am never gonna do that yes. i remember my kids saying yeah. that like do too. i ever I have to do that never like, do that That sounds horrible yes. but then what happens you get into a relationship yeah, and then you're I'm, like oh it's normal it's like biology yes. that's the yes. way yes. the human made that's the way god made us to be is like when you're 17 and you've got your first boyfriend and the not hormones to, are raging. you know and you, you you kiss him for the first time you're like oh Fireworks. This, this feels this feels great. This is what my body was meant to do. And you would like mm-hmm. to continue doing all of the steps of that process. And then you're like, oh, this is what it means to be pure is that even yes. though I want to do this and I and you might even love that person, mm-hmm. you know, um, you know, I, I I love this person and I um, I want to take this next step. But I, you know, purity is making the commitment. Well, I'm not going to until I um, and married or whatever that is for you in your life. And I, yeah, I made that commitment. Um, and I had, you know, in a hollow way when I was 12, like, yeah, I'm never, I'm not going to have sex till I'm married. But it wasn't until I was in, you know, my high school relationship that I was like, oh shoot, this is very difficult. This is real. Yeah. And I was 18, uh, 19 and a freshman in college when we were dating. So we had plenty of opportunities to do whatever we wanted, Mm -hmm. but I made the decision not to, you know, because it was important to me. And these were conversations that were happening under your roof. Yeah, that's yeah. what I was going to say. So could you talk to your parents about like when you were like, oh, I understand because of the yeah. desires that I'm having. And that is what helped guide you in that or mm-hmm. the uh, grounding. I mean, where did it all come from, do you think? Well, my mom would um, – she was never weird or anything. Like she, we were in the kitchen. She was like, so <laughs> are you having sex? No, she's yeah. never weird. <laughs> She um, don't be weird, parents. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. a problem. <laughs> don't be weird. Um, I how do I phrase this? So yeah, it was just because we were spending all this time together and we were together all the time. And she she would ask me very casually. She goes, you know, if if it gets to the point and you decide to take this next step, you know, I am I will want you to be on birth control. I want y'all to be safe because at that time I was a legal adult. I was about to go to college. There was not that my parents would be legalistic or anything, but there was nothing they could have done if I had wanted to have a sexual relationship. 
So my parents are both like, well, you know, if this is what you want to do, then you need to be on birth control. You need to be using all of the the proper steps. You need to have this conversation with him and everything. And I was very adamant. I'm like, well, I'm not going to. And they were like, oh, but if you want to, I'm like, no, I'm not going to. Yeah. But you were able to talk through it. Yeah. I feel like sometimes as parents, we like forbid it or we are like lay down the law or say this is so awful. And it almost causes kids to be pushed into that direction like mm-hmm. well i'm gonna do it then i'm gonna oh, that's yeah. that was me so i was speaking from experience <laughs> yeah you know like i was a, a rebellious child because i didn't have that i right. didn't have the come tell me if you need help or come tell me if you've used drugs or come tell me if you want to have sex like yeah. I, I didn't have any of that and so I guess that's why I'm so passionate, too, about mm-hmm. helping create that for kids, because it can do a lot of damage and, when you don't have that space, right. to be honest. And again, it's not a sh- it shouldn't be a shameful thing. Like, if you're in a committed relationship with someone, even if you're 17, 18, it shouldn't be a shameful thing that you want to have that type of relationship sure, with someone. Right. Those are honest emotions. That, that's that natural. Love. Yes. yes. And... You know, it was my first relationship and it was a big deal to both of us. And, you know, that was natural. And I was never shamed. I was never told, well, you don't know what you're feeling. Mm. You're just a kid or anything. My, my, especially my mom always respected it. She goes, well, you know, this isn't going to last forever. And it didn't, you know, it was a good, (laughs) good little high school relationship. But she always respected it, that those feelings you have now are real. Mm -hmm. And she validated your feelings. She did. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so it was never I was never ashamed. Yeah. That's important. That. I yeah. think that's extremely yes. important. We talked to a counselor on a previous show and mm-hmm. she said with any type of feeling, you need to validate that feeling of your child. Those are real mm-hmm. feelings and then, you know, help them get past on how to handle that feeling. Right. Um and I think that's extremely important for parents um to to understand that. Okay, what else you got for us? Well, I think, you know, with uh, in talking to you and talking to your mom, she's always said to us that she felt like you guys could do anything, uh, yeah. which, of course, you're amazing young ladies and Cute. very talented in a lot of different ways. Um, what, but do you mean? Also, what do you mean could do anything? I'm thinking, like, you mean have sex? No! Okay. We're turning a corner, okay, woman. Okay, wait. I just had to clarify. because no, like mind... an astronaut, okay. or they could be a politician, or <laughs> yeah. a teacher, or a mom. I'm sorry. Or what? We were talking about sex, and you said that, and I'm like, wait a minute, what? Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. No, my parents were very, um, were awesome parents, and... Um, probably the way I talk about them in this podcast, people are listening and are like, man, your parents were like hippies or something. But <laughs> no, um, they were actually pretty strict uh, when I was younger and they really wanted us to be good kids and, and things like that. But one of the things that I know when I have children that I want to do is um, kind of raise my kids. This sounds really liberal, but to raise my kids without like gender rules, because that's how I was raised was and again that sounds so weird and and liberal but my parents like raised me as a child they're like whatever you're interested in yeah you can go do so I did ballet and I played soccer and I was obsessed with like bottle rockets Mm -hmm. and space Mm -hmm. because my dad was a pilot yes so I love that and my grandparents had a farm like 30 minutes away from us so I learned how to shoot a gun (laughs) Yeah, I learned how to use farm equipment. I knew how to ride horses. I was in the dirt all the time. I was outside. And it was never told to me, like, you can't do this because you're a girl. Right. 
And from that, I was literally told that I could do um, occupation wise. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> literally anything I wanted. Yes. Yeah. I remember one time I, I and I, I don't know why I have all these memories in the back of my parents' car. But <laughs> at one point I asked my dad, I was like, so I can do anything? And he's like, yes, you can do anything you want, you know, as long as you're happy and, and we'll always love you. It's just so sweet. And then I said, Dad, can I be a drummer in a rock band or something? <laughs> and he's like, sure. <laughs> Which I've never played an instrument. I don't know why as an eight-year-old I wanted to do that. Kids like to test it, though. That's yeah. What, yeah. Sounded really cool to me, I guess. <laughs> well, I think the cool thing here is that your parents kind of gave you wings um, to explore things that you like and want to do. But one of the things that you said is that they also made sure you knew you were responsible for your decisions and your actions. Oh, yeah. And I think that's that full circle yeah. parenting. Yeah, that goes back to um, to my parents were, were not mean, but just definitely strict when I was younger. Sure. And that uh, surprises a lot of my friends now because they come over and they hang out and they're like, oh, my gosh, you're so close to your parents. Like, mm-hmm. man, that must have been so fun growing up. And I'm like, no, <laughs> my parents were, we had a, were very strict. And, and one of the things that like sucks when you're eight, but is awesome when you're 22 is that my parents were always like, uh, you know, if you do something, you do it fully, you complete it. And that was everything with eating your dinner. Mm-hmm. You ate every single bite. Um, to if you got something out to play with it, you put it up and you put it away. Mm-hmm. If you were enrolled in an activity or a class or something, you did 100% of it. Mm-hmm. If you had something like a toy or something you really liked, you took care of it because, you know, you take care of your stuff. I just, it feels silly for me to have to say that because it was so ingrained in me, but it's like you take care of your stuff because it lasts longer, you know? Yeah. It lasts longer. It's it's good. And now I'm like, I have so many friends who just, uh, just you know, they want something to just go out and buy it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, I can't even, you know, so financially now I have those skills that rather than going and buying new things, I just take care of the stuff I have and it lasts longer. Sure. I was not, like, I was not taught that things are disposable. Yeah. Well, I think the bottom line from everything you said here, I mean, there are things that we can, the takeaways are close relationship with your kids, you know, mm-hmm. no matter what your circumstances are, close relationship, any question, nothing is off limits, talk about everything, um, be, a, be allow your child to explore mm-hmm. any kind of a thing that they're interested in, but teach them to be responsible for their actions mm-hmm. and that it does matter at the end uh, what they do. And I think that's helpful for all parents when they're yeah. getting ready to launch their kids and wondering, what do I do? <laughs> Thank you so much, Hadley, for being on the show Thank today. You. It was great insight. Yes, we appreciate it. Holly, we love you. I know you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Mom. <laughs> Thanks for joining us on Next Talk Radio with Mandy and Kim on AM630, The Word. You are not alone trying to figure out how to parent in this digital world. We are here with practical solutions to help you. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Find our video series and podcast at nexttalk.org. Are you ready for the next talk?